Chris Cordero, jo- Chris Cordero joins us. I said he's the chief investment officer at Regent Atlantic uh, with a look at what's going on in these markets. And Chris, you know, we get it's really interesting to just kind of watch this market just slowly bubble up higher and higher and higher in terms of equities uh, with no, you know, just records after after records after records. Yeah, and it's it's I think it's um, it's getting a little unnerving for uh, for my clients. You know, they're uh, they're wondering when when is the when is the end in near uh, going to be near, and what's what's going to turn what's going to turn this thing and make it go down. Um, and I don't I you know my view is that uh, bull markets don't die of old age. There's got to be something that happens, and that something is usually uh, rapidly rising interest rates or rapidly rising inflation or um, or the economy coming to a screeching halt. And I just I don't see any of those three things occurring anytime soon. Also key, and this is rather timely considering we are getting ready for the next round of quarterly earnings. You say the biggest driver of the market here has been and will continue to be earnings growth. Yes, and that's and that's what you know. That's that's what uh, what doesn't scare me. You know, that that's what gives me some confidence in this is that the earnings growth has been has been pretty robust this year, and I think as we as we yeah, expectations are for another good quarter of earnings. You know, we might we might see um, you know something weather related, um, but you know I think all in all we're, we're probably going to see another quarter of earnings growth, um, and that will uh, that should keep the market. Uh, chugging along. Do, do you pay attention to uh, the EPS growth that's been, you know, that's been so fueled by stock buybacks and and things like that, as opposed to actual uh, net income growth? Well, that, you know that we've you know we've had we've had more uh, growth in in profits from the buybacks, but we also have we also have growth in we also have a lot of top line growth. The, the last quarter, you know, we had we had decent uh, increase in revenues, and um, as long as we're getting increase in revenues with the increase in profit, that's a that's a good thing. Um, you know, I think I think buybacks are buybacks are are a good thing. I'd rather have a company buy back their stock with cash um, than do something foolish with it. Right. But don't you have a little bit more confidence if you see a company actually going out and maybe spending on product and equipment, hiring more workers or doing something that maybe adds to the cost structure because they are more upbeat about the future? If they do, if they do it prudently, but you know, there's uh, there have been a lot of studies of corporations that have too much cash. They they usually don't do smart things with them. Uh, you know, the corporations that pay a higher dividend um, and uh, and don't keep as much cash on their balance sheet, they actually do a better job. And so I think the buybacks are just a much more efficient way of of uh, using up the cash that's on the balance sheet. Um, it's just much more tax efficient. And uh, and so I, I'm I'm in fa- I'm in favor of them. I'd, I'd love mm-hmm. to see new new investment, new product, new ideas. But a lot of the times, what you end up seeing is you end up seeing silly acquisitions that in the end hurt you. I mean, we saw that with HP; they, they just kept acquiring everybody until they until they finally ran out of cash, which was a good thing. Um, when you're with your clients, nervous uh, as you suggested, what do you do in terms of changing with the kinds of things that they're investing? Are they investing in more dividend-paying stocks? Are they are they doing uh, uh, other things that you might not do otherwise? Well, you know, we're we're. Uh, I, I think we think the U.S. is pretty fully valued, if not richly valued, and and where we're seeing the better better opportunities are in foreign stocks. So, you know, we we ha- we have a um, about a close to our maximum weighting that we'll have in foreign stocks, which is a which is around forty percent, because we see better opportunities there. Uh, the U.S. has led the recovery, um, but we see that that foreign markets will probably have more to go in them. So that's where we're seeing some 
better opportunities. Well, when you say overvalue, give me give me a, a statistic, or what do you look at when you look at that overvaluation? You know, even if you just well, even if you if you you know if you look at the if you look at the at the PE of some on the S and P of somewhere around twenty, that's a that's a rich number. When you look at the ten year PE, that's even even higher than that. That's you know that that gets into some a, a rich area. Um, but if you look at emerging market indices, they're um, you know they're in the low teens on their on their PEs, and that's a much that's a much better um, uh, valuation number. And while that's while they're, they're going to come with more risk, um, I think you're 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 probably going to get compensated in higher return for taking that risk. Um. You know, an interesting chart that I saw on the Bloomberg today, and it talked about with all the momentum driving U.S. stocks, and we've just seen one record after another, uh, and it just seems to be continuing. Uh, a group of money managers ranked as the most skeptical. They're apparently also loading up on equities. This is a, the weekly survey by the National Association of Active Investment Managers, which found them to be more than 90% long the market. They typically have a net short position averaging 93% according to data going back to 2006. Any signs that this kind of all-in mentality is getting a little sloppy? Yeah, um, I mean, that, that's, that is to be concerned. The, the, the concern that I have is there is no better alternative than the market. Uh, right now, you know, if you you can't go into cash because you're you're just gonna you're just gonna lose purchasing power over time at these interest rates. You can't really extend out maturity on bonds because we know at some point in time rates are going to go up. Uh, so does that mean everybody, not... when things start to come undone, uh, if indeed that is the case, uh, if we believe in market cycles, which I certainly do, then. At that point, does everybody kind of is it going to be pretty ugly in terms of the equity markets? Yeah, that's that's the risk if the market keeps going up at double digits. I mean, we you know from a from a twenty PE, you can go to a number of different places. You, we can just have moderate increases in the market and not have a huge decline. Um, but the the risk is that we is that somebody starts heading for the exits and then everybody everybody goes. Um, but there isn't there isn't there there isn't a, a great alternative for them to go into. Um, the, the one thing I think will help you in in the stock market is if if in your stock selection you're being a more value bias, mm -hmm. you know you're buying cheaper stocks, that um, that should help buff, buffer the down the downside. Downside indeed, certainly. Uh, 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 it's an interesting point. There's not a lot of options out there, but cash, unfortunately, is always an option when the market sometimes will consider. Uh, great stuff, as always. Uh, good to talk to you, Chris Darrow, Chief Investment Officer at Regent Atlantic. You listen to Bloomberg Markets and Bloomberg Radio. Check us out on Twitter, at Corey TV on Twitter. She's at Carol Masser on Instagram. I'm at Corey John on Instagram. She's not. Nope. This is Bloomberg. Not happening.